Every facet of the fashion industry, including the runway show, is changing. In this series, we ask those on the front lines to speak candidly about the future of fashion. Each episode explores how designers, executives, and other key industry players are adjusting their roadmaps to reflect an industry in flux. In the aftermath of the pandemic, fashion is reconfiguring its way forward, and we're finding out how those in charge are adapting. I'm Hilary Milnes, and this is The Future of Fashion by Vogue Business. The Future of Fashion by Vogue Business is brought to you in association with Klarna, the leading global payments and shopping service that lets shoppers buy now and pay later. Visit Klarna.com to find out how you can increase your average order value, drive traffic, and create a smooth checkout experience by adding a buy now, pay later option to your website. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Future of Fashion by Vogue Business. I'm your host, Hilary Milnes. This week, we're discussing the future of the fashion show. In March, some editors left Paris Fashion Week early and designers began offering hand sanitizers at shows as the coronavirus outbreak hit Europe. By summer, industry leaders were facing tough decisions around how to bring fashion shows online. And in September, New York, London, Milan, and Paris Fashion Weeks all returned with physical events. But the pandemic has raised existential questions about the existence of the fashion show. My guests today are Stephen Kolb, President and CEO of the Council of Fashion Designers of America, and Caroline Rush, CEO of the British Fashion Council. Welcome. Hi. Good to be here. Hello. Hi. I just want to start, since you have both been in your roles at the CFDA and BFC, can you guys remember like a bigger disruption to Fashion Week in the fashion industry um, as, as the pandemic and, and what happened in March? Um, Stephen, I know in New York, the most pivotal shift was probably last when, uh, you know, Fashion Week moved out of Bryant Park. So this feels a little bit bigger than that. Well, actually, I would take it back to September 11th, 2001, which is when Fashion Week was happening and we actually had to cancel Fashion Week in the midst of it. And that was pretty traumatic because bigger brands who had investment in their shows and in collections were able to kind of weather that. But New York is so based on new and discovery and, and young talent. So many of the young brands that had put collections forward and had shows ready to go had um, no course to move forward. And so that was pretty traumatic. And it's actually how the CFA Vogue Fashion Fund was started as a response to that, because we realized how fragile um, the infrastructure was for those young designers. And then 17 years later, we uh, pivoted that fashion fund to a common thread, which was our recovery relief fund uh, connected to COVID-19. And I guess in 2008 as well, the uh, recession, what was a bit challenging too, uh, and is when we started to do fashion side out as a way to get uh, consumers back into stores. Caroline, how about how about you at the VFC? Uh, once it became clear that the industry was going into lockdown, uh, what was what was the mood like? Well, I think it's as you said, is that we could see it coming. Is that we'd had uh, obviously the news coming out of China, and uh, the impact slowly started to really sort of descend on the fashion industry, as you said, at the end of Paris Fashion Week. So by this time, the designers, the press, and um, the retailers had returned to the UK. I think there was a real sense of this is going to be a challenging time. But I don't think, because we've never been through this in our lifetime, is this idea of going into global lockdown and the impact that has on not only your industry, but also obviously the impact on humanity and uh, the terrible uh, numbers that you see coming out of each country in terms of loss of life. 
is that, you know, I think 9-11 really is the only comparable moment in time to think about this. Um, and of course, in the UK, we've been very much focusing on how we combat Brexit, is that what that will look like for the fashion industry within the UK. And this is obviously an, a significant layer of challenge on top of that now that uh, the businesses in the UK are now facing. Right. And absolutely. Um, and obviously, you both had to make uh, pretty big decisions for your respective industries. Can you take us inside those decisions around how to move forward in the summer and then for shows in September? Um, who who was involved and how did you work with the designers to figure out a solution that worked uh, for the industry and, of course, the designers? It was hard to make a decision because every day the news presented a different scenario of where we were with the pandemic and, and the virus. And so we're, we would think we were clear on the path forward that would change day to day. Um, and Fashion Week um, um, in, in February, New York is first. So we, we, we had minimal impact by, by COVID-19 then. Um, we don't have a lot of uh, shows from, from Asia. So attendance wasn't uh, such a big deal. But, you know, we were cautious to monitor the, the pandemic in New York early on. But we made the decision for pre-collections and resort to recommend that brands not do any presentations. And that was the right thing to do. We also made that same recommendation around the bridal market happens typically in April. And that was the right decision to do. And And we also felt that for some brands, it didn't really make sense even to do pre-collections. But uh, being the CFDA, we're, we had no governance or, or ability to force people into or brands or members into decisions. We can only make recommendations in, in, in education to help those brands make the right decision for themselves. But as we look forward to September, we knew fairly certain that the live show or in-person show was not going to be possible. And like other cities, we we quickly work to develop a digital platform. We call it Runway 360, and it's an open access platform. It's no fee, and it's modular. And so we're not an editorial site or a content site, but what it really is is kind of when we started the tents in Bryant Park, it's kind of the modern version of that. It's a house where brands will just, just plug in, and it'll be it's a business tool. So it'll be from presenting the collection, access for editors and reviewers, but also right to the digital showroom uh, with partners like New Order and, and Order and, and Jor among them. And so that decision really came from talking to designers, talking to the designers of show during New York Fashion Week, our members, and, and clearly, you know, in conversations with our chairman, Tom Ford, and, and the board of directors. So, Stephen, do you think that moving to a digital platform, is there inevitably something that's lost without the live shows? How did you, you know, reconcile with that? Well, for sure, the live show is something that is not replaceable. Um, but the circumstances obviously dealt us a hand where we had to be innovative and, and, and think differently. I think that as we kind of look to the long-term future and uh, hope that we get back to a situation where we can have live events. I think the digital development that we did in New York and I think other cities did as well 
will sit parallel to those live shows. And I think it's a tool that will actually enhance live shows in general. But the challenge around the digital from the feedback that, that I've gotten is, is we have to be careful when content or collections are being shown um, and the format of that, right? It's, it's easy to get stuck into the medium. So if someone's making a movie, or is the focus too much on the narrative or the movie or the set or the art direction? And so the viewer who's looking at that is really kind of watching this storyline and, and not really tapping into the main character, which are the clothes and the collection. So I know from editors and buyers that I've talked to, they appreciate the creativity, but they really want to be able to, to see the clothes. And brands that are smart, that are, are doing um, virtual showrooms, um, it's very easy for them to get the tactical by sending fabric swatches to uh, key stakeholders um, in, in involved in their brands as a way to get that that physical feel. So I think that in, in the live too, when we come back, uh, as you probably know, the British Fashion Council and the CFDA aligned on a statement early on in the pandemic about what we saw as the slowing down and the shift. And so um, we're still strongly believing in, in that statement, the slowing down, less collections, um, less international travel, um, but, but really focused on, on the product and, and, and the delivery and the quality. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of conflicting priorities or just competing priorities uh, that you can see playing out when designers are, are facing this digital show, digital format. Um, Caroline, let's talk about London's Digital Fashion Week in June. How, how did you set out going forward with that? What were the expectations um, and did you feel like it met the expectations? Yes, yeah, so I think probably similarly to Stephen is that we immediately, when we went into lockdown, we were having conversations with designers, with retailers, with media. And of course, from the designer perspective, there were many that, that knew that they wouldn't have collections or made the active uh, choice to actually show their collections in September, including some of the menswear brands. However, there were some that did still intended to have collections at that point in time. And I think the one thing that came through is that immediately, of course, as a, a community and city, as everybody's homebound is that we saw an opportunity in June to make sure that it was sort of available for menswear and womenswear, but to have a moment when the community came together so that it was a platform that could show those businesses that did have collections ready to sell. And similarly is that we did partnerships with Jaw, and I know that uh, many of our designers use other platforms as well is we had this live schedule of events that some were films, some were 3D showcases, um, and some were just simply in conversation and debate. And, um, and we did take, we took the decisions to sort of be at this point of not just thinking about product, but also thinking about the societal debate and capturing this moment in time. It's so unique as it is at the moment, is that being able to tell the stories of the designers and to discuss what's happening in the world and how that's impacting businesses. And of course, just before London Fashion Week in June, we had uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement had started. And so it was a way to bring in the conversations around that as well as the impact of the pandemic and make sure that there are heart of Fashion Week. Because when you get to the real life Fashion Week, is that those conversations that are happening are part of sort of the, the rich texture of a fashion week and the content and the information that comes through that. And we wanted where we could, and obviously it's very challenging to replicate that in a digital format. Yeah, that that intangible halo effect around the shows themselves. Um, it's 
inevitably going to be lost a bit when things are moving online. And to your point, there's just undeniably a lot going on right now that I think it's it's hard for for customers to to focus or find the same enjoyment out of fashion that they might have in more normal times. Um, but but setting out aside the current moment and everything that's happening, do you think that this is going to alter the path forward for for British designers? How are you looking at the long game in terms of what are the new parameters for success? How do you best get in front of customers? You know, these changes, I think, in fashion were happening before the pandemic. How do you how do you sort of look at that going ahead? Well, certainly in London is that we had been opening our doors, uh, experimenting with shows for consumers, making sure that we had platforms and partners that would push content out to consumer audiences. I think particularly in London um, and actually similarly to New York, where you have a lot of startups, smaller businesses that maybe don't have the advertising power of the global fashion brands, is that you do rely on opportunities to build audience, build partnerships, to build some of that recognition and that fan base, if you like, for our designer businesses. So it was an opportunity to build on that by having a digital platform that's open to everybody. And I think from our designers' point of view is one of the things, well, is that they're all reconsidering the business model. You know, as Stephen said, is that how many collections do you need to do a year? How often do you need to sell? Could you just sell twice with various different delivery days? How much product do you need to make? I think is this idea of the amount of waste that is generated by the fashion industry is something that's very front of mind for designers who have quite often been left with a lot of stock from cancelled orders from retailers. You know, is that uh, really thinking about the values of the business, about the impact on climate change, um, about the impact on society. And I know from many of the designers that we've been talking to, it's a real opportunity to take a step back, to do a strategic review of your business, to figure out the kind of business you want to be for the future, what success looked like to you, which might be different from what it was before the pandemic, and then set a pathway to deliver on that. And I think is that we will see a lot of change and we'll see a way to celebrate businesses for their incredible creativity for the fantastic product. And Stephen, I think uh, the biggest discussion that we've had in the past around the purpose of Fashion Week prior to the pandemic was, or at least I guess the most recent big discussion was this uh, move to see now, buy now, um, in-season fashion shows. And I know back then um, you and the CFDA said that the best thing for designers to do was decide what they needed to do for their businesses. Um, And like I think, like you mentioned before, basically just give suggestions and support. It sounds like that still stands now. Uh, What do you kind of see as the path forward for designers in New York that have already been reconsidering how fashion shows and seasons play a role in their businesses? Yeah, that's always kind of our mantra is here's the information, here's some recommendations, but brands need to do what's best for for themselves. And I think what we are seeing is uh, a shift too from structured time periods. And because we don't see so much live events scheduled for for fashion weeks, um, it gives people some license to to be on their own schedule, right? Now, what's great about digital platform, the uh, Runway 360 that we're, we've created is anyone can use it for whatever purpose. So it could be a men's collection, a women's collection, 
Uh, it could be a see now, buy now collection. And, and it gives that flexibility for a brand, again, to, to plug in uh, the best way they can. So I think that like the structure or the framework is loosening up a little bit. Uh, a European designer could be on our platform. An American designer could be on Caroline's platform. And, and I think that reach is, is going to be incredible uh, once the industry gets accustomed to seeing collections and, and, and relating to them um, um, digitally. Right. And there's definitely a lot of good to come from that type of flexibility. Uh, there's this global stage that I think is what fashion is moving towards right now. Um, and I know the CFDA worked with Vogue to bring some designers onto the Amazon marketplace. Can you talk a bit about those new business models and new approaches and uh, partnerships that di- designers can explore um, and how those are those are changing and, and what that means um, for, for designer businesses going forward. Because I know a lot of it has also been a move to uh, direct to consumer businesses. So it seems like partnerships aren't going away. That direct relationship is still important. How did you think about when making that partnership? Yeah, I mean, I think partnerships are, are always core to the work we do at CFDA. And they have to have value for the organization and also value for our constituents. And so... Uh, Amazon's a good example. We know that one of the big challenges for designers when things shut down was this excess of inventory that they were uh, jammed with, things that were returned to them and then fastly coming on to come future seasons. And so the Amazon marketplace was really a way for uh, the designers to reach a very, very broad global audience to to move that merchandise. We've seen a lot of designers on their own direct-to-consumer site do these kind of legacy sales or or their own inventory sales. So it, it, it's a, a business model that many have kind of approached and seems to be working, but with the Amazon reach, it was really helpful. I mean, the challenge was the designer had to have the inventory to be able to ship um, to an audience, but it also was flexible because the designer uh, was determining price, what were, they were comfortable with. So there, there was a bit of control on that. And that was, of course, connected to Amazon making a very big financial commitment into our common thread COVID-19 relief fund as well. So uh, there was a monetary inv- investment, but also the, the framework. And you know, another good example, as we look at the digital showrooms, New Order, which is much like Jor or Order and works with a number of brands. And we work with all the, the digital showrooms, but for um, Fashion Week and Runway 360, they're going to be providing um, free service to uh, a good number of emerging brands with a particular focus on Black creatives uh, as a response to the Black Lives Matters movement and investing to create more equity for for Black talent in fashion. So, you know, we want the partnerships to have value for our memberships and to feel right. And and that's what we look for. And so I I know that designers have been part of the Amazon program and we're in the second group right now with a third group being announced have, have really appreciated Um, that extra uh, cash in their accounts these days. The designers saw the need for it. Do you think that customers will get used to seeing uh, higher-end designer fashion on the platform? Um, 
Well, I mean, Amazon is such a big company, right? And and touches us in, in so many ways in our lives. And I think for, for Amazon, and we've had a long-term relationship with Amazon from when we launched New York Fashion Week Men's many years ago. They were our inaugural partner that helped us do that. I think for them, the relationship with CFD in Vogue, particularly on the, the marketplace, was a way for them to connect to fashion, the type of designers that are involved in CFD that show during Fashion Week in, in a way that was comfortable for the designer. And also given the, the crisis, the designer was more open to the idea of, of selling on Amazon too. So I think there was a win-win on, on both sides. And so the customer, the, the shopper, I believe, will really uh, continue to go to Amazon, find discovery there, and maybe they can't afford for the product now, but I think that is an opportunity in, in, in terms of future customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. And Caroline, you mentioned new business models. What are you seeing that's resonating with the British customer right now? Are those changes something that the designers are leading or who kind of sets the new tone for how designers and, and customers interact in that new customer acquisition um, tone is set? I think it's a collaboration between the two is that sometimes the designers lead it. They have a strong view of where they want to be, how they want to reach consumers. Is that, of course, embracing things like sort of shopping on Instagram right the way through to doing pop-up, digital pop-up. At the moment, as I said, is there are so many businesses that left with currencies and stock that uh, it's a time for experimentation, where in the past is that they might have been very focused on where the product was sold and how they were building their doors as now they start to really think about going direct to consumer and how they sort of rebalance their business between wholesale and direct to consumer, is we're seeing particularly a lot of the younger designers sort of reaching out to new partners, but equally is that whether it's Amazon or other platforms reaching out to us to see how they can connect with designer businesses as well. I think because it's sort of the new business models are really around sort of the the product, uh, when it's going to hit the stores or when it's going to be sold direct on their own platforms to their audiences and really experimenting in terms of what products getting the sell through at this moment in time because, of course, consumer shopping habits have changed drastically through lockdown. And so is that adapting maybe the product that they're designing and the emphasis of the collections during this period. Yeah, and of course, as we're, we're almost out of time, but I think that the ongoing question around Fashion Week and fashion shows are, are they worth the investment? Do we really need them? And do they resonate with customers? Um, and I think the added existential question right now is just, is there ever a time that's not for fashion? Um, and I'm sure this is something that, that both of you have been thinking about and grappling with as the as so much has been going on. But how do you respond to, to those bigger questions? Um, Caroline, would you like to start? Absolutely. Is that, you know, is that our purpose as an organization is really to help businesses to grow. It's not necessarily to be the organizer of Fashion Week, is that that's an incredible platform for us to have in order to be able to promote these brilliant businesses to global audiences. And so because of that, is I, I do believe that there is longevity in Fashion Week. I do believe that we will go back to a hybrid of physical and digital. The digital platforms we're all building now, I think, is the think Stephen, you said, is that will become an integral part of the way that Fashion Weeks operate for the future. And I'm sure that they will adapt and grow um, as well. 
And I think in terms of uh, the relevance of the fashion industry, you know, it's such an enormous industry. It's an incredible employer. Um, it is a, a fantastic creative business. It builds global reputation and it has a fantastic impact on society and identity. And I think the thing that we have been particularly proud of in the UK is the way that our businesses through these really challenging times have stepped up and adapted their businesses to support through the creation of things like PPE, advising government on sort of things like uh, procurement and production and material innovation that will actually see PPE develop for the future. And um, I think is that the skills that we have within the fashion industry um, have never more been relevant uh, in the broader society. And um, and I think is that, you know, again, back to uh, being trying to be the optimist during these times, is that I think is that the fashion industry will probably uh, play quite a significant role in terms of looking outside of just their own collections, but the broader impact that they can have in terms of society um, and potentially into supporting other industries or other sectors, um, such as the health service here in the UK. Yeah, I think that there's been a, a big opportunity there. Um, Stephen, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% that Fashion Week is important and is not going away, but it will look different. Again, the hybrid idea of a digital and in-person and the Fashion Week time period is, of course, about showing collections, but we also need to recognize that the connections are being made during Fashion Week, right? The people who are attending Fashion Week are not just sitting on uh, the runway watching clothes, they're talking and they're doing business. So I think there's an important part of Fashion Week that is about the business uh, and the ability to get together. And, and that's that's gonna be an important thing when, when live shows come back. I mean, fashion is so powerful. It is such a pop culture phenomena next to music and film, and even more so in the digital age that, that we live in. And so I think the power of fashion will really continue to uh, impact society as well. I agree with Carolyn on that. Um, and we've seen that. We've seen Fashion Week uh, as a platform for messaging over the years. We in New York have done Planned Parenthood, ACLU partnerships during Fashion Week and where we've been able to use the, the spotlight of Fashion Week really to talk about issues that matter and be able to reach an audience with that. And I think that continues. And I think as, a, as an industry, we're, we're easily hit with criticism, but the, the core of fashion, the heart of fashion is really about change. And that's not just seasonal change in collections, but really about positive change. And so that's something that I'm very proud about uh, in an industry that I work in is that we're able to have that kind of forefront movement in, 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 in creating change. And, and it is a business. Uh, it's a big business, a $350 billion business. And it's about jobs. It's about parents being able to send their kids to college. And I think that we need to remember that, that it really fuels the economy in a way from the kid who works in the Gap to the editor at a, at a magazine. So it's, it's an important part of, of the global economy and, 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 and um, something that people don't often connect to. Well, that's a perfect way to round off this episode. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. 
You can find all our shows from this series on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Vogue Business website. As ever, for more coverage on the future of fashion, subscribe to the Vogue Business newsletter at voguebusiness.com. Our executive producer was Alan John. My name is Hilary Milnes, and that was the future of fashion. Thank you for listening. <laughs>